it's going to be obviously big story number one is is talking about OU and UCF, but there was th- this is real quick just because I think it answers one of the bigger stories heading into Saturday, and that is all right. What what is going on with the offensive guard situation for Oklahoma? We we started the show talking about it. I know it's not the I know it's not the greatest, most amazing thing in the world to talk about guard play and interior over the offensive line, but um, BV was was very succinct and very to the point whenever he was asked about, hey, the guard situation, McCade Mattawyer is is going to be out for a couple of weeks, but they avoided the worst case scenario, which is good. So what does that guard situation look like? It's the same as what it was before. And, you know, Caden came in and we got Schaefer, we got Bird, we got Troy Everett. Those are kind of our guys. And uh, you'll see all of them. There you go. I don't know. It wouldn't surprise me at all, at all, Josh, to see a starting offensive line that has Schaefer at one guard and Everett at the other. But it also wouldn't surprise me at all to see a lot of, of Savion Bird back and maybe even playing some right guard tomorrow. That's just my guess. Yeah, it's, gonna, right, it's Saturday. I'm sorry. It's only Wednesday. It It's going to be fascinating in general what happens there, given the McCade Mattire and, well, the hope and need for Oklahoma to improve along its interior. But you've had two weeks right. to attack this thing, to get healthy, and then to uh, formulate an attack plan here. So seeing how – those snaps divvy up will be pretty curious this week. All right. Uh, you you ready to get after it? Oh, my goodness. All right. It's 11.06 on a Wednesday. You're listening to The Plank Show with Josh Helmer right here on the Home of Sooner Fans. It is time for the top five stories of the day. It's time for the top five stories of the day. Brought to you by Newcastle Casino. Newcastle Casino, where real gamers play. Let's go, man. Newcastle Casino, the best reels in the Metro. Happy hour Monday through Friday. That's 3 to 6. I-44, exit 107, online at newcastlecasino.com. All right, let's go. Big story number five. Number five. Uh, Marietta Sooner had texted us a little bit earlier on in the program off the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line at 405-651-3439. And... uh, let me see here. I want to make sure I, I phrase this correctly. Who writes, Chris, if you're struggling for a topic, Oklahoma softball's battle series has a game tonight. Hashtag, or no, JS. Yeah. I, first of all, I take offense to the idea that we're struggling for a topic, number one, Marietta Sooner. <laughs> uh, but, yes, the battle series is rolling tonight. It's probably some of the best softball you're going to see. It will be televised, and I believe, I believe it's simulcast on the radio side of things. And uh, I'm not a part of it. So, with that in mind, I'm going to enjoy it as a fan. I can't wait to watch it. Things I'm going to be keeping an eye on in the Battle Series tonight. The continued development of S.J. Guerin and Kirsten Deal. I'm intrigued by them. The chase for 40. What's what's the chase for 40? Well, trying to get 40 runs. <laughs> well, they're against each other tonight. So I think they only scored Combined. 30. They only scored 37 on Monday. So, uh Yeah, it'll be tougher to 
plate runs. I want to see Peyton Monticelli a little bit more. I'm, I, I really think she's got an incredible ceiling. And I, I honestly, I haven't even got a chance to pick Coach Gasso's brain too much or even Coach Rocha about how things are going. I've, I've really just fanboyed out in watching this. The battle at shortstop, if it even really is a battle, seems like Alyssa Brito has kind of established herself there. Alina Torres has played well at third. And these freshmen are just fantastic. Cassidy Pickering, Ella Parker. I mean, it's there's a lot of cool things to keep an eye on. So, again, tonight, the second of the Battle Series games will take place uh, sold out, which is wild. Uh, fall, ball, <laughs> fall ball has gone from, you think maybe we should – you think maybe we should do a, a one-camera stream on these games or just do something to get it out there to uh, an ESPN Plus televised event that is among one of its more watched products on ESPN Plus. How cool is that? So, again, it'll get underway tonight at 6 o'clock. Weather looks good. Uh, doesn't seem to be any concern about rain or anything. Uh, and the Sooners will have... Three more Battle Series games after tonight. They'll play next Wednesday, the 25th. They'll play November 1st. And then their final Battle Series game is actually November 9th, which is a Thursday. There's also a game against Seminole State sandwiched in there. So, one more at Soonersports.com. By the way, since we are uh, one non-softball note here real quick from the University of Oklahoma, how about Jenny Baranchek's crew debuting at 23 in the very first Women's basketball preseason coaches poll. They uh, they had their media day yesterday. The men's media day is today. All right, big story number four. Number four. Something about these Philadelphia Phillies. First inning, Trey Turner. Wait for it. Owen won the count, and Kelly delivers in the pit. Swung on, hit deep, left center field, and that one's going to go, and Trey Turner gives the Phillies a 1-0 lead. Third home run of the postseason for Trey Turner. Joe, Trey Turner, good to see you can now hit in the postseason. Schwarber, has he done anything this series? I know, right? It's been incredible what they're what all of them have done, including Oklahoma product JT Realmuto. Look for it. I promise it's the gonna pitch. play. Swung on, ground ball, hit towards the middle. It's past the dive of Perdomo in the left center. Boom coming around. He will score, and JT Realmuto drives in another one. It's his third RBI of the night. It's nine to nothing, Phillies. Yeah. Maybe it's good that the Dodgers did get eliminated in the first round. I don't know if they would have had anything for this Phillies team. 10 nothing, Josh. 10. Who do you favor if and when we get there? Phillies, Rangers. Where you at? I'm not ready to crown the Rangers yet. It was a four-run seventh and a four-run eighth for the Phillies. Here's why. The Astros are so greasy, dude. They are so Greasy. They'll find a way to slide and get a game today and then get another one tomorrow. And the next thing you know, you look up and it's two to two. It's like, what just happened here? So greasy. Uh, I think that series is over. Oh, you think the Rangers have it? I hope you're right. Phillies, Phillies, I definitely think is over. Rangers, Uh, Astros, yeah, you're right. It could get interesting. Just they're so greasy. All right, big story. Oh, but did I give the schedule for today? Tonight? You get game three of the Rangers and the Astros as that series shifts to 
Texas. Win this one and, and Oh, yes. it's over. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You go up three zip. It is O-V-E-R over. Rangers up two games to none. Seven o'clock tonight on FS1. All right, big story number three. Number three. Okay, can we nerd out on a uh a non relevant story real quick? Sure. This out okay, just just give me a second. This stupid social media outrage About over the, the, the Chargers fan. Yeah. The Vikings fan. What are we even doing? Who cares? Why is this some sort of story where everyone's freaking out about it? Well, the NFL planted her playing. <laughs> this is not a real fan. Wait, do, do we think that they need to make it look like the Chargers have fans or something? Clearly. Which is, obviously. I mean, I, I fell into a rabbit hole of some of the comments, and <laughs> some some of you all need like just a, maybe a, a step away, a quick little break. It's, she's rooting for two teams. <laughs> oh, my God. Good speech said here. talked about rooting for the Devils and the Kings. I think it's okay if you have two teams, especially if you lived in one place and you moved to another place. Oh, my God. Well, let the record show it's definitely not okay to have two teams. But You don't think so? No. Nah. But, look, I, I also don't have a problem with it either. So you're saying that Toby Rowland, whenever he moved here as a Pacers fan, is not allowed to adopt the Thunder as his team? There's certain situations, yeah, okay. moving that that make it a little unique. But uh, generally speaking, you should probably still root for the Pacers. Okay, there you go, T. Row. Josh Helmer just called you a bandwagon fan, is what I think happened. Uh, same thing for people who are magically fans of other NBA teams. Then the Thunder come here, and all of a sudden, y'all know everything about basketball, and you're a Thunder fan. So they should be rooting for their previous team. Correct. There you go. So welcome back to the Lakers bandwagon, a lot of you. <laughs> no, but I have no problem with this. Expansion it, franchise, obviously, it just a little different. It makes no sense whatsoever. It just makes no sense that people are losing their mind. I mean, grown a men are like, oh, see the NFL. Okay, don't watch. If you're that upset about it, who cares? My thought process would be this. Whereas I believe uh, have one team, root for the one team, support the one team, to be – as excitable of a fan as she appears to be is good for it's good for football. Yeah. And, and who cares if you're wearing like, Vikings? And, it's, it just doesn't matter to any of the rest of us. The Vi- uh, Yeah. And I listen, trust me, the five eight Oh just texted in on this one. Uh, from what I read, the Vikings part of it is her son's team's name. I, yes. I, I, I read everything about this last night because I don't know how it becomes like a major story. Pat McAfee interviewed her yesterday, and I thought, oh, that, I, that's kind of cool. And then everyone's like, oh, you got bamboozled, Pat. And he's like, I don't really care. It was a cool moment, and she was funny. And she was actually pretty funny on his show. <laughs> They're talking about it right now, too. That's crazy. And she's me up. clearly. She's eating it up, too, right? She likes football. She's she good, loves football. She's a big fan. So I wish. Let me choose my words here carefully. I wish I was in a relationship where I had someone that loved football that much. Hey, you and me both, buddy. I mean, uh, I mean. She looks like a joy to be around as far as I I'm could, concerned. Now, the whole Chargers thing, obviously we can work through. She can bandwagon pretty quickly. Yeah, but, that's true. But, I mean, even if she was a Chargers fan, they play the Raiders twice a year. I'm down with that. So, beyond that in the National Football League, things got interesting yesterday in trying to find out what the future looks like for our man, Kyler Murray. Uh 
Jonathan Gannon a couple of questions asked about old Kyler yesterday. What are you looking for when you say let let's see how it goes this week? What what give me Kyler. one to make sure that... before the before the mental gets put on him of playing football to make sure the physical is right. Just all the different things that you know that he does as a player and what he wants to be able to do um, playing the position. Make sure that we can simulate that as much as we can without being there out there playing football, but that he feels comfortable with everything that he's going to need to be able to do to to function. And then there's a second part of it here. Do you feel like he's ready mentally right now? Yeah, I, do. I mean, I do, but you got to, I mean, you got to play football too. So we understand there's going to be a little bit of a learning curve, a new system for him. He hasn't taken a snap in this offense. So um, I like the plan with kind of how we have it structured and, and the work that he's been putting in during practice, in meetings, uh, the extra time spent in the morning and at night. I mean, this guy's a competitor, so he's he's doing a lot to get himself as as mentally and physically ready as he can before that he goes out there and practices. But uh, and I really appreciate the, him for that because, I mean, he he's he puts the work in. I know that. So if you wonder why it's become a uh, topic, today is the day when Kyler Murray can start practicing for the Arizona Cardinals. I uh, as you heard there, Jonathan Gannon had hinted that he's making incredible progress right now. That was on Arizona Sports 98.7 FM. He's still on the pup list, but is eligible to be designated for return, which would allow him to start practicing and trigger a 21-day clock for the team to decide whether to activate him to the active roster. What a weird fall from grace for Arizona. Obviously, the Kyler Murray situation, you get your star quarterback hurt, will change any situation. Sure. But it didn't seem like they were necessarily in the business of winning beforehand, whether he was healthy or not. So, I, I just I can't figure them out. Well, what are they doing organizationally? I don't know. I don't know at all. It's a great question. They He gets hurt. This was a playoff team three seasons ago. They get embarrassed in the first round of the playoffs. Well, and it looked like, okay, they're a playoff team on an upward trajectory. They'll only get better. They're young. They've got a star quarterback that's uh, growing up. Sure. And mm. now, who knows what's going to happen. Yeah, exactly. Franchise. Exactly. Um, But I'd like to see him get back on the field. I, I think he's going to be a hot commodity this offseason. Yeah, because it seems like they're not committed to him long-term. And, again, Arizona is going to be in the conversation for a top-five pick, it looks like, right? And in that top-five, you've got a chance to get a – and they've got the Texans pick, which, by the way, everyone had joked about, oh, the Texans traded up. That might be the one and two pick for Arizona. Texans are about to surpass their over-under win total. Yeah. (laughs) They're they're not bad. They they absolutely confused the heck out of my boy Derek Carr on Sunday. Good job by uh, D'Amico Ryan's. Yeah, looks like they uh, are going to come out ahead long yeah. term on the uh, Watson trade. But I, I I I guess you're starting to see teams, and we could go up and down this list, like the Raiders, like the Giants. Well, I guess maybe the Giants could stay in that mix, but teams that are going to win too many games to be in the conversation for the top pick. And I think that, in the end, guys like Kyler Murray, guys like Justin Fields, I think that they'll become 
quarterbacks. What is what does my guy Red Dirt Sports always say on Twitter whenever they'll have a picture of a woman who's been arrested? It's kind of cute. He'll always, I can fix her. I can fix her, right? <laughs> I, I think yes, the, I, I am a big stand of the Red Dirt Sport. <laughs> uh, I can fix her, but the the <laughs> mindset of a coach would be, I can fix him, right? Bring him here. Let's fix him. And you've got that kind of ability and Murray and Fields. I take my chances. I'd be pretty happy next year if. I go into the opening week of the season and Kyler Murray's the starting quarterback for the Raiders. Or and you can pick the Giants or whomever, right? I just think that they're going to be – he's going to be a hot commodity this offseason. Sure. And if you get him out there and he looks good, look out. All right, uh, that, that's a lot on the NFL. Big story number two. Number two. Do we need to go more in-depth on anything from the NIL hearings yesterday? Was there anything – I don't that, think so. Okay. I mean, nothing's going to happen there. What did you make of the Kirk Herbstreet quote that's making the rounds? I have looked everywhere for the audio of this. I have spent commercial breaks looking everywhere for the audio from this, and I can't find it anywhere. But we're pretty sure it is, in fact, a real statement that was Because they claim it was from Tuesday night's college football show, and I couldn't find it on the ESPN app. I don't think they're going to get left out, um, Booger McFarland said, of Washington. Herb Street added, I think they definitely are going to get a team, the Pac-12. I think the voters, eventually the committee, will respect that conference, the depth of that conference. He went on to compare Washington to 2019 LSU. I was really, really amazed with what Washington did. They've started to remind me, and I know it's kind of sacrilegious to compare this, but of that 2019 LSU team. This has become a very popular talking point to a lot of people about trying to compare Washington's offense to something in the past. Well, I don't know why. A historical national champion. Got to win a title first, guys. They got to yes. win next week. Yeah, you, you, you got to... You got to go get the ring before you can compare with those uh, okay. ring holders. I give you an AP vote right now, Josh Helmer and Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line 405-651-3439. Pre, pre uh, conceived notions or it's about history doesn't matter. Sure. This is all based on the seven weeks we've seen this year. So another, I'm asking you to do something that's impossible, right? Wash your brain of the fact that Georgia's won back-to-back yeah. titles. Yeah. Well, Are you still putting them one? No. Okay. And especially with Brock Bowers being out for 46. Sure. And even if he was healthy, probably wouldn't have them won. They're um, my number one because they won two titles. In sure. And I think that's fair to say. Gosh, I don't know. It's so hard. Right? There's, there's nobody that – has just taken and, and, and wowed. The best non-conference win is still Texas. The best in-conference win is Oklahoma. Oklahoma or Washington, right? Yeah. Yeah, Washington over Oregon's really good. What has Michigan, uh, Ohio State beat Notre Dame and Notre Dame? That's pretty good, so you could put those two together, right? Yeah, whoever wins Penn State, Ohio State, and if it's Ohio State, That's then, this weekend, too. You know, that, that would probably be the team you'd say, but uh, – in Michigan, you can't get a gauge on them because they played nobody. nobody. 
yeah, it's I, tough, right? It might be Washington just might because be. of, yeah, that Oregon win. But I'm not comparing him to Joe Burrow, <laughs> which gets us. Well, and I also don't think they're better than all of those other teams. I don't either. I think they could be. You know, we need to ask. I need to ask Pop. I need. Where's TU fans at that made that track, saw Washington firsthand? I'm curious what they look like in person. Are they bigger and physical? I mean, I remember we were doing the pregame show, and they were laying out how uh, Pop had told me before OU Tulsa that one of the things the Washington guys said was how surprised they were at how physical Tulsa was. And, I mean, that's that's high praise, but I also am like, well, you know, what does that mean now for how physical this team truly is? You're looking back at that 2019 class from LSU, aren't you? Yeah. It's like Kirby, Chase, calm down, Terrace right? Marshall. Uh, let's see. Uh, Clyde Edwards Jefferson. Do they have those kind of skill guys running around? I don't know about that. I don't think they have the number one, number one overall pick at quarterback either. Uh, quickly, big story number one. Number one. Number one. Number one. Let's hear more in depth from Brent Venables when we come back. We did not get our typical 10 a.m. complete and total breakdown of all things BV, but we'll do it next to pay off big story number one of the top five stories of the day brought to you by Newcastle Casino. I'm watching Tyler McComas lay out how it, he sits in a chair, and it's kind of funny right now. <laughs> why, why is he doing that? We were talking about very, very high-level conversation during the commercial break, Josh Helmer. The need for a chair during our pregame show at Boyd Street Ventures. These are the types of things that we figure out here on the Plank Show. The proper chair that you need. Ladies and gentlemen, we have not done due diligence today on hearing from the boss of the Sooners, Brent Venables. Here was his opening statement to the media yesterday to pay off big story number one. We, uh, we spent three days practicing, a couple of days uh, in pads and a, and a day without pads and spent a day doing a, uh, a service project. Feel really good about where our team is from a health standpoint, all things considered, uh, with the players that we've already talked about here uh, a little over a week ago. Uh, nothing's uh, really changed in that regard. And, uh, you know, I'm hope- hopeful and believe that our team is committed to continuing to improve and uh, get better, uh, stay focused, uh, starve the distractions, if you will, and. Uh, Lock in on what we got to do to get 1-0 this week. Got a very uh, talented and experienced uh, UCF team uh, coming in. I believe uh, on both sides of the ball they have, give or take, around 17, 18 seniors as starters. So it'll be a group that um, has played a lot of football and uh, led by uh, Plumlee, their quarterback, that uh, just a year ago rushed for uh, just under 1,000 yards and uh, you know, passed for uh, around uh, 2,500 yards. Uh, very, very explosive uh, offense, uh, one of the most explosive offenses in all of college football, top five uh, uh, offense when it comes to total uh, offense and a defense that's long and athletic and aggressive. Uh, national championship coach and, and Gus Malzahn, he's uh, had a tremendous experience, and as an offensive coordinator, he's had uh, lots of uh, decades of success at coaching and developing. And uh, so um, they've had their quarterback has been out um, the last several games and tried to come back a couple of weeks ago. And as we know, you lose your starting quarterback. Uh, uh, it's hard to maintain the same type of cohesion and things of that nature. Uh, so I know that uh, having him back will give them a, a real charge and, and uh, again, going to be a great, great challenge uh, for our team. 
So with that, I'll... Uh, so, uh, you open up for questions. Only two minutes on the opening statement for Coach V. Not bad. Try to try to get right to it. Um, what do we know about the concern with distractions? I think Eric Bailey opened up the press conference in a social me- – what did he – what was the term? He used a term in there. It wasn't drown out the distraction. Let me see if I can – Starve the distractions. Starve the distractions. Thank you. Thank you. I love that. Uh, Eric Bailey asked about the concern over distractions with social media as it is today. I don't know that distractions have always been there for young people. Uh, so the challenge has been there uh, really – uh, since the beginning of time, you're on a college campus, you know, so uh, those are there. It's, it, you know, to me, uh, every year is different. Depends on your focus and your uh, your maturity of your football team and, and whether or not they can stay locked in and stay committed to doing the boring, uh, methodical things that it takes to be successful. And uh, my challenge to them is, you know, our structure – and our routine has got to be our compass, and it's got to be a, a sanctuary for them uh, and how you get ready. They've got to buy into that, not get bored with that, and uh, show up every day with the mindset of developing good habits. Habits don't establish themselves, uh, you know, in the most critical times, in the most uh, strenuous situations on a football field you know you have to fall back on your habits and your fundamentals and so I believe our guys are that they they understand that they they believe that they buy into that and uh, and we've spent a lot of time at at trying to nurture that and uh, promote uh, that as well you know I uh I can't even imagine what it's like to be an athlete with the instant reaction of social media the way it is. Kid, and this isn't anything new. We're going on what, maybe like a decade now of just right right as soon as you screw up or you don't do something right. Everyone's able to fire off whatever they want at you. So the opposite for Oklahoma this year is everyone telling you how great you are and how amazing things are, right? So that's got to be – a whole other world. It's a complete 180, Josh, from where they were last year. It's got to be tough, man. It's got to be tough. Got to be tough to manage those. Sure. Hey, stay off social media. You know, or, or, not stay off it, but just be smart about it. Well, you – But these people are saying nice things about me, Coach. <laughs> Indeed. The big difference between then and now would have to be you know, you'd have to be really dialed into radio and, oh, and TV back in those days. Reading the newspaper. Reading the newspaper. Probably more that, right, than than the two former because, you know, sports talk radio, what? When was the, the real boom for sports talk radio? Right, exactly. I mean, it would have been, it would have been uh, later probably even than that. But now you can see at any given moment, if you've got social media, what everybody thinks about you, if you want to. Well, yeah, exactly, if you want to. That's the big challenge. That's the difference. And I think, you know, it's also kind of, gosh, this is, how in the weeds do we want to get on this? It's also kind of tough because in a lot of ways, while your NIL is tied to how well you play and things of that nature, I mean, what have we learned? It's also tied to your social media following. So when people say, oh, I just ignore that, well, financially, you really, really can't, right? You gotta, sure. 
you got to kind of go out and still be involved. I mean, you can, if you have a little bit of a personality, tweet here and there and then just not look at your notifications, turn those off and, and just tweet and not engage with anybody. But, yeah, that platform is going to be how you make cash. So Brent Venables was asked about the – and one more, to get back on the game. All right, distractions aside, get back on the game. What do we know about UCF's running game? Here's what he had to say. The similarities are the run with the RPOs, and then uh, but Coach Malzahn has a depth of experience uh, systematically, and uh, and then he's got the right players. You know, he's got explosive playmakers at – you know, at, at tailback and at quarterback and, you know, at receiver to help all of it work. I got a veteran offensive line that can move people and open up gaps. And uh, so, you know, they know how to put you in conflict and put pressure on you. And uh, you've got to be uh, play with great precision and physicality both. And uh, you got to close space quickly because their playmakers can, they can run away from you in a hurry. They're fast. F-S- FST fast. <laughs> All right, more uh, from BB coming up in our final thoughts because I thought he had a really, really cool take. I uh, kind of laying back the decision with Dylan Gabriel and what led to him coming to Oklahoma and how, gosh, Josh, looking back two years ago, how big of a moment that was for the Sooners. But when we come back to the text line, I asked, I got, we'll give you whom y'all think should be the top team in college football next. When I first heard that, I thought you were playing Thriller by Michael Jackson. I was ready to roll. Welcome back into the home of Sooner fans. This is The Ref. It is Thriller season, by the way. It is. It's Thriller season. Uh, I was trying to go back through some of the some of the Big 12 stuff from Media Days yesterday. They didn't really give us too much. Big 12 didn't on their old Twitter feed. A lot of pictures. A lot of pictures and people playing pickleball. Pickleball. From, anyway, from the summer at Media Days? From the women. Women's basketball oh, Media yeah, Day yeah. was yesterday. And Men's Hoops Media Day is today. They have, uh, <laughs> they have not given us a lot so far, That makes Josh more Helmer. sense. Right, exactly. I'm not talking football Media Day. But we are talking football on the Knippelmeyer Chevrolet text line. 405-651-3439. Jesse G does point out, starve a cold and a distraction. Feed a fever and a frenzy. Whoa. McCoy adds, we go to Plank Show for chair talk. We go to the T-Row in the morning show for food talk. That is fair. That is fair. Guy from Parts Unknown. You're welcome. (laughs) All right, so let's get in on this top five. OU beat the number three team on a neutral field. Washington beat the number eight team at home. OU's win is better. We also looked more dominant against one common opponent. Oh, Tulsa. Tulsa. Um, I would Washington, the, Oklahoma. Would they be one and two? Did you know they're one and two in the FP? Oh, wait, I'm sorry, that's incorrect. The FPI's one and two right now is Oklahoma and Florida State. If we could scrub anything we knew going into the year, right? Would Oklahoma and Washington, in whatever order, one and two? Probably so. I mean, they've got the best wins. Here, here's the thing: what's working against Oklahoma is. Last season. Uh, exactly. Numero uno. And we, what did we learn going into Texas week, y'all? What did we learn? Nobody had watched him. Nobody had watched him. I mean, go back and listen to the takes. Nobody had watched this team last year. That's the reality of it. 
And I'll rephrase that. Nobody had watched the team this year. They'd carried over their opinions of the Sooners based on 2022. So, I mean, you got Pete Thamel talking about linebacker being a weakness. You've got the... Pete uh, Thamel, my goodness. Just stick to reporting, dude. You've got those dopes on whichever one of your college football podcasts you guys listen to, and I still don't get it. Talking about Oklahoma struggling tackling. I mean, a lot of people told on themselves that they hadn't been watching this team, and it's fine. But just don't try to sound all hoity-toity and swarmy about it. Just be honest. Like, eh, you know, I haven't seen them a lot. We tend to be a little bit more understanding. It's impossible to watch every game. I mean, literally, impossible. It's okay to not be a know-it-all on something. Unless for some reason, you know, that is college football is your full-time job. Then you could sit down and watch everything. Right. And even then, it's going to be challenging. And then when do you fit in time? It's like, oh, listen, guys, I was just finishing up the the Jacksonville State game against Coastal or something. Right. So to to write stories and right. create videos, yeah, you, you, it's impossible to watch everything. Clinton Tolson. Sitting here hoping OU and Florida State go undefeated and meet in the final, I can hear Danny Boy mouthing off at the coin toss a la ter- uh, Torrance. I don't care who is against. <laughs> I don't care who they play. It would be magical if it's Florida State. Oh, and they beat him again. She's with a, a bull, man. With a defensive uh, performance for the ages, many moons later, left-handed quarterback, second year of the head coach, it's Florida State again. It would just be crazy. The 614, this is out of Columbus. We've got quite a few listeners up in Bobby Carpenter territory who writes, it's hard there's not one team that's just showed up and showed out consistently this year, which gets to that other part of it. They'll just look at a box score or a score and say, ah, yeah, well, you look, Oklahoma barely got by SMU and Oklahoma barely got by uh, Cincinnati. And that's fine. That's fine. But I will uh, I will say I, I think every team's had a relatively close call, if not a loss. Every team has so far this year, except for Michigan. And who have they played? Sooner Shane and Springfield. They played no one, by the way. By the way, Sooner Shane and Springfield. One of his texts says, Trey is an idiot. And I don't know who it's about, but it just made me laugh for some reason. So, do we don't have a Trey here, do we? Well, Maybe. there's the texter. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. T-R-A-I. He's, okay, I got you. Yeah. Who uh, dislikes everything about Oklahoma. I mean, I don't know why that guy listens to this station. He doesn't. He obviously doesn't listen to our show. Anymore. I'm just playing around. We Trey. love you, Trey. Don't, don't take it personal. Uh, but he, I missed this earlier from Sooner Shane, though. He said Arrowhead is too cold. Almost froze to death in 2003 at the championship game. And Sean is correct. Uh, if you want to learn something about football, listen to Chiefs fans. Go spend <laughs> some time in Arrowhead. Right. <laughs> ever since they've, ever since uh, we won a couple of Super Bowls, we kind of got it. They got invented it all football. Out. They invented football. Um, <laughs> Sooner Shane in Springfield writes, number one, Georgia, followed by Michigan at two, Washington at three, OU at four, and Ohio State at five. You know, it's wild. I was thinking, I was listening to actually one of the podcasts that I truly enjoy was until Saturday, uh, the Sam and Max, when they do it, and they had a Really, well, first of all, you guys, I would love to have the kind of Texas A&M conversation that they were having. I think we could go in-depth on that. There are so many recruiting angles to A&M potentially making a coaching change this offseason, dude. 
so many recruiting angles. But back to the point, which is, I, I guess, what we're trying to get at. They're having a full-on in-depth breakdown of Ohio State and Penn State. And their guest said, it's wild to me how Michigan has kind of surpassed Ohio State, but yet for Penn State, they still gauge themselves on whether or not they can beat Ohio State. I just found that to be well, fascinating because they haven't done it in a while. Yeah, and, and that's also, you know, not a not a good illustration of where Penn State's at. The Nittany Lions need to judge themselves on whether they can beat either Ohio State <laughs> or Michigan. They can't beat either one of them. And they got to beat Ohio State before they can get to Michigan. Do you know when the last time that Ohio State lost to Penn State was? 2016. And that was um, that was not necessarily a great Penn State team either. Since 2009, Penn State has only beaten Ohio State twice. That's wild, man. You know, and that's how they gauge themselves. So they got to get that dub. A lot of people trying to beat Ohio State in the Big Ten. That's a fair point. So I guess my thought is, your decision to put. Ohio State in there leads me to believe you've got them as somebody that's a little bit better than what you expect to see. A little bit better than a Penn State might be. So Ohio State wins this weekend is what I take from that. Uh, Slick Sooner writes, here's my top four. Oklahoma one, Oklahoma two, Oklahoma three, and Oklahoma four. (laughs) That's right. I'd put them five (laughs) as well. Uh, And then Loco, Ohio. Georgia 1, Michigan 2, Washington 3, Oklahoma 4. There's just not a bunch of separation in any of those seven unbeatens at the top. I know North Carolina unbeaten as well, but uh, the the wins, right, for Oklahoma and Washington are very, very impressive. There's not not one team, though, that Mm -mm. has, has clearly separated. Michigan's, they don't have the win, right? No. Georgia was pretty impressive versus Kentucky. The rest of it, okay, not so much. Weird. It's hard to figure out. I'm just that's that's why I'm like, let's wait till this first college football playoff poll comes out in three weeks, two weeks, and see where it is. There's you know eight to ten teams that are really good right now. Yep, absolutely, absolutely. Um. True Sooner writes, think about this, guys. OU and Texas could finally be played on a campus somewhere. Number five, OU versus number 12, Texas in Norman in the college football playoffs. Would be amazing. Final thoughts presented by Primrose Funeral Services coming up next. All right, so our final thoughts every single day on the show are brought to you by Primrose Funeral Services. 80 years of service. Their sincere commitment is to make things a little easier for you and your family primrosefuneralservices.com, 405-321-6000. Can I, I let, let's see what all we can fit in, because I got two good texts I want to read. But here's Brent Venables talking about in final thoughts what he thought of the relationship between Dylan Gabriel and Jeff Levy. And go. Easy, natural, uh, respect. Uh, it's like a, a dad and a son, you know. Uh, Jeff has great um, admiration and respect uh, and love for Dylan, uh, and Dylan does, you know, with Coach Levy. So that's what you saw, you know, uh, belief and trust. 
and uh, just a, a very natural, you know, uh, relationship more like a, a a son and you know his father as opposed to a, a coach and a player. Do you know Jeff Levy's lost sixty pounds? I know we don't get to see him too terribly much because he's up in the booth, but my man has lost six zero. That is awesome. And you can see that relationship between those two. They really like each other. The two texts I wanted to get to. Mark from Enid. I'm not totally convinced on Washington. Guess we'll see. Penn State gives ranked tie every year, just like Notre Dame, and lays a couple of eggs. They've done well so far this year. Let's see when they play some better teams. The better gets and becomes more of the same. And J.P. Sooner writes, I can't justify putting Washington over Oklahoma when Washington won by a missed field goal, whereas Oklahoma went on a game-winning touchdown drive over a higher-ranked team. Oh, and also add, dominated game control against Texas, but nobody seems to point that out. Final thoughts, Primrose Funeral Services, 405-321-6000. Steelman is ready. I mean, he is ready. Steelman at Thunder Noon are next.